listening to Thrive Talk Network with your host, the angel of the airwaves, Jay Grace. Jay, take it away. Thank you, Mark, and thank you to everyone that's listening right now. I'm very excited. It is a week before Thanksgiving, so we're getting our tummies ready and um, getting into the mood of celebration. And you're listening to Thrive with Jay Grace, if you're just listening for the first time. And with us today, or tonight, I should say, we have Lavari, who is actually a very multi-talented gentleman. Uh, he is a recording artist and um, done some acting as well, a songwriter. So welcome to the program. Hey, thank you so much, Jay. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. My pleasure, Lavari. Lavari, you've, you've been in entertainment for a while now. What got you started in the first place? Wow. Well, I always wanted, like, ever since I was a kid, like, seriously, like, three years old, I just was always singing. My mom said that we used to go on camping trips, and I had a wooden block. And I would just, like, sit, like, while we were, were on these camping trips, I would just, like, sing into a wooden block. And I would sing, like, <laughs> yeah. And, and, and listen, my, my parents bought me toys, you know. But I, <laughs> I guess because it was camping and, you know, I guess, you know, like, Roughing camping, it. Toys, camping, whatever. But the point is, is that I was singing, um, they said that I sang uh, the Village People, YMCA, the Bee Gees, <laughs> mm-hmm. Staying Alive, and Donna Summer on the radio, that I was just singing it over and over and over again, those things, three years old. So, like, I was just always singing. Like, I always want, wanted to just to, sing. To do it. And then what, you know, from wanting to do it, which a lot of people had mm-hmm. that fantasy of doing it, to actually doing it, um, what was your first gig? You know, it's, it's funny because I didn't really... When, when I was growing up, there weren't a lot of people that I knew mm-hmm. that wanted to do that uh, until I got to a high school. I went to Bayside High School, mm-hmm. and um, that's like a school of art and music. I don't know now if it's still known for that, but back then it was an art and music school. Mm-hmm. And um, then there were singers there, but even even so, like some of the people there, there, there weren't that many that wanted to make it like a profession. Mm-hmm. My first gig, though, ironically, was I was lucky. My very first gig was at a famous club in New York called The Tunnel. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it was at The Tunnel, and it was a night called Curfew Night, which is like a college party night. Mm-hmm. And uh, this guy, Jeff, Jeff Brenner, who I still keep in contact with to this very day, mm-hmm. and who actually still books me for, for some venues. Nice. <laughs> nice. It, it was his night. So big shout-out to Jeff Brenner from Curfew. And, um... That was my first gig, and it's funny because the following week or the week after, they had the lineup, mm-hmm. so it was me, and then either the week, the following week or the week after that was this guy named Eminem, so, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know if anybody heard of They had another that said, upcoming performances, Lavari, <laughs> Eminem, I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Oh, that's yeah. great. That's wonderful. And so that's what catapulted you to 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 get into the the business, as they call it. <laughs> to um, so, but you, you know, looking at your bi- biography and looking mm-hmm. at your official website, I mean, you you've you've been on vid- I think what over a million videos were seen on Vivo for still. Oh, on Vivo, on Vivo, yeah. my mm-hmm. my video is still in love. Um, yes. has has combined one million views. Yeah, on that's, Vivo and, and YouTube. That's yeah. Really- 
impressive. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. That's yeah. Great. And and also, you know, you've, you've been pretty, you've been busy and pretty successful by it. I mean, you had a number a sing a single number one on iTunes and Amazon chart with Still in Love. So. I was like love that, right. The video was right, which is why I think the video ended up getting a million views because mm -hmm. it hit number one on both the iTunes and Amazon new release R and B chart. How did that feel so for you? So I'm sure that helped get the video too, you know. Yeah. I mean I, I think so, but I mean that must have been pretty mind blowing, you know, from saying oh I, it's still mind blowing to this day for me because I haven't had any of my other songs so far mm -hmm. hit number one on there, but it it, it was you know a great thing simply because I was on an indie label, you know? Mm -hmm. So, you know, I didn't have all the major backing of, like, all these other, you know, big cheeses, so to speak. So absolutely, right. it was definitely, definitely an honor. And um, a big shout-out to... I actually, I actually did not write that song. I write most of my songs. Mm -hmm. um, that was actually the only song on my album. No, I'm lying to you. There were two songs on the album that I did not write. Mm -hmm. Still in Love was one of them. So shout-out to Mr. Jones, Jose Carlos Jones, who wrote that song, mm -hmm. and Annie Jules, my duet partner on it. And then the second song that I did not write on that album was a remake of Debbie Gibson's Foolish Beat, which Perez Hilton put on his website. He said he hated it, but I don't care because you put me on your right, website, man, you. and you're Free famous. Yes. I don't care. <laughs> And I still put on my thing as featured on Perez Hilton because it was. It was, and I love it. Talk about, you know, turning something negative into yes. something positive. Yes, exactly. I love that. Exactly. And, Thank um, you. And so um, are we going to go into a music break, Mark? Oh, I think we've got a few more minutes. Okay, fantastic. I didn't want to ask a question and then just sort of break it up suddenly. Um, okay, and I also looked in your bio, and you also have done some film work as well. Um, right now, I'm currently on the Funny or Die series, Kippy, um, and I love it because I'm like a big... I, I, listen, everybody was like, oh, you know, if you weren't a singer or an actor, you should be a comedian. You know what it is? I can never see myself doing stand-up because I don't think I'd be able to facilitate and maybe make something up on the fly, but people are always cracking up with me, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, and I'm, I'm just like a big kid, and like I'm really goofy. Like any little kids that are around, like especially my nephew, like uh -huh. I get in trouble because like I, every time I'm with, with children, toddlers, mm -hmm. I, I have them jump around, go crazy, <laughs> not disrespectful, no, no. but you know, I'm just like, they, they just like go crazy around me. I think that they sense um, my spirit, like of I feel like a kid, you know, and I, I'm not saying that in an irresponsible manner. I'm right. speaking of like my personality and general. Lightheartedness, you, know? you know, that that want a playfulness kind of feeling. Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So and and the kids pick up on that, and you know, so like we jump around and you know and and all this stuff. So um, the thing is, is that you know, and then I'm goofy, and you know, I'll talk like, hey. Yeah, man. You know, and all that. You know, so I'm a goofy person. I love, I love that. You know, so a lot of people they think like, you know, they'll, they'll whatever. Like, you know, they they think of me as some people, not all. I mean, like if you know me, you know, like you know, I'm funny and goofy. But in person, or if you see me in events, some people think I like try to have like this like whatever you want to call it, mm -hmm. like ma macho or div divo or diva, whatever. Uh -huh. and yeah, whatever, whatever. If I portray that, I portray that. But, like, I am, like, a goofy kid. Right. So the you're Funny or Die show. When you're performing. What's that? I said you're probably focused, and that's what they interpret as probably being a, a diva. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. 
Maybe. Maybe. maybe. I, 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 no, well, there's a few people that do, like, they, they call it the Lavari look. They, some, some fans might. It's like, you put, and I don't even know. It's like, they put, like, they do this thing. Like, they, they, they pout their lips and, and they turn their face to the side and, oh. and like, lower their eyelids. And I don't even, re- I honestly think it's because when I talk, just like my eyebrows move or whatever, and I like to enunciate my words. So I really think that that's what it's from. It's not done intentionally. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, I think it's hilarious. Like, I love it, you know. But, um, yeah, but Funny or Die is really cool because I get to play. It's different each time. It's different. Like, it'll be, there'll be different, um, how do you say, storylines. So, like, you know, one storyline, you know, it was about tracking a serial killer. And that particular, that was, like, three parts. So, in that particular one, I played, I played, um, my character's name was Benji. And I basically hit on everybody. <laughs> now, the, the, the new storyline subplot is, a possessed baby. So I'm, I'm playing a psychic <laughs> named Zuzu, but I'm playing a psychic that, that, that seems more amazed by everything else than, than of my own, you know, my own talent. So right. it's really fun. It's, you could watch it on the Funny or Die Network or on Funny or Die. It's Kippy. I um, love it. AKA the Chris Kepford show. Yeah. So that's so how, my current that acting project. for you? I mean, doing that, cause you know, Funny or Die, everybody kind of knows about it. And so has, the exposure been good for you? I, I think it has. Okay. I, I, you know, I can't, I, you know what it is? I don't, I don't really know what other people, I mean, I know from comments on social media, everybody mm-hmm. said that I was really funny, mm-hmm. funny in it. And I do laugh at myself when I watch it. Um, so, I mean, the, from what I've seen on social media, the response is very good that I'm good. making people laugh and cracking people up, which is great. Mm-hmm. Overall, I couldn't, you know, I, I couldn't tell you, but mm-hmm. I, I enjoyed doing it very yeah. much so. Oh, and is it a long process, or is it like just one day you guys do it? How's, what's the process like? Well, it's they're shorts. Mm-hmm. These are the funny you die shorts, so they're okay. not full half hour. We'll do them, and then we'll make them into half hour, 30-minute ones. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a full, the last one we did was on my birthday in April, mm-hmm. and um, it was cool, though. It, it was it was. It was like a 10-hour day but it was cool because they they did a birthday cake for me and the cast saying happy birthday and all that good stuff and you know so that was really cool i was like what 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 better things do on your birthday than something you love right absolutely and did you did you have to audition for it or you know was it someone you know for funny or die i didn't have to audition for this because the writer chris kepford Mm -hmm. he had another show called the Chris Kepford show, mm-hmm. which I, which I was on. Okay. So he took a lot of, he took a lot of his people from the Chris Kepford show mm-hmm. and put them and broke characters for them on Kippy. So the truth is, no, I did not audition for this, but it was a spinoff of something else that I did audition for that I was on. Right, right. Oh, that's wonderful. Um, now, are we ready for a break? We're going to do a musical break. So we're going to actually have your song, I Want to Be Loved. And then we're going to be right back after that. Sounds good.
And we're back here with Thrive with Jay Grace, and you're listening to Thrive Talk and Radio Network. And we have our guest, which is Lavari. And you were just listening hey. to I Want to Be Loved. And uh, what is the title of your album? So if anyone wants to... So, well, I'm actually, well, that, that, that song, I Want to Be Loved, um, it's from my remix album mm-hmm. called, get ready, it's such an original title. <laughs> are, you, are you ready? I, I'm holding on to my yeah, seat get blown right away. now. You're going to be blown away with the name of the, the song that I Want to Be Loved is on. Right. You know, okay. creative genius over here. Uh-huh. It's called, the album is called, uh-huh. I Want to Be Loved. No way. The raw, <laughs> I Want to Be Loved, Dash. The yeah, remix album. our minds have been blown. Thank me later. Thank me later. I mean, I'm gonna have to talk about that. You know, how was what was the process like coming up with the concept of the title? I mean, it must have taken I, a I, You know, time. I don't want to give away all my secrets. I'm sorry. Yeah, you no, know, I, I, yeah. I, I can't give away all my secrets. Oh, oh there's the yeah. Devo part. There's the Devo part coming out. <laughs> 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 oh my goodness. No, actually, but I'll tell you this. I Speaking of albums, though, so that's from that mm-hmm. I Want to Be Loved. That's from I Want to Be Loved, the remix album, which okay. has um, a bunch of songs. It actually had three um, new tracks, which aren't new anymore because they came out last year, but you know what uh-huh. I mean. Right. Um, but I'm working on a new album, Ooh. and it's halfway done. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Oh, do you have a? Do and it's a totally different sound than what you just heard. Really? Oh, you're gonna have mm-hmm. to come back and let us know when you're ready. I'd be to... honored, definitely. Yes, yes. It's um, I'll put it, you know, without giving too much away about the new album. Mm-hmm. It's it's very old school. Well, old school depending on what era you're from. Right, but right, it's, exactly. It's very, we can go real old. <laughs> right, it's very '80s and '90s. Mm-hmm old school R&B. So like it's 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 more about vocals this album. See yeah. that album you just heard that track is is that is the dance track. The vocals were kind right. of simple. Mm-hmm. You know, it's more constant that was more concentrating on 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 the music. Right. So this album is more about the vocals. Mm-hmm. You know, um mm-hmm. think think early Mariah Carey. Ooh, nice. Um early Whitney Houston, mm-hmm. their first few albums where before they crossed over or mm-hmm. you know whatever. Mm-hmm. Um and Color Me Bad, all those, all those songs you heard like in the early 90s, like on the radio, yeah, like those yeah. mid-tempo, SWV, mm-hmm. um, Maxwell, yeah, yeah. things like that. That's that's what this, this new album, that's the direction of this oh, new album fun. that I'm doing. I can't wait. Right. Thank you. I am throwing a dance track on there, though, because I can't diss anybody that appreciates right. the dance music I've done. And that's going to be a Mariah Carey remake. I'm, I don't want to say which one, but it, it, but I... I love it. I did remake a Mariah Carey song, and it's produced by Keith Kemper, the same producer that produced my other remake, Foolish Beat. Oh, awesome. The one that Perez Hilton is in love with. (laughs) Not. (laughs) Doesn't matter. (laughs) Doesn't matter. You know what's funny? Speaking of Foolish Beat, Mm -hmm. that's one of my favorite songs that I've recorded, period, and Mm -hmm. People that buy the album on, you know, you get the breakdowns when mm-hmm. you buy the, you know, you know when we get our sales mm-hmm. in, and so many people buy that song. Like that's one of my top sellers. So like, and people tell me, like, oh, I love the remake of Foolish Beat, and then another artist said, oh, I wanted to remake Foolish Beat, you remade it, you know, damn, oh. and I'm like, you just don't do it, right? Of course, you know. Right, so right. it's like different strokes for different folks, you know. Yes, yes, absolutely. That's the beauty of music, you know. There's absolutely. You you know you can interpret it a different way, and it's still your own way of doing it. So yeah, it's wonderful. Now, um, 
so did you write the, the, the new album that you can't talk about too much about, but I really want to ask you about your songwriting skills. So are, are you writing most of your songs or are you collaborating? I'm writing all of the songs with the exception of the Mariah Carey um, remake. Um, yes, all of the songs I, thus far, I have written myself. Nice, mm -hmm. nice. And now what's, the, I always like to ask songwriters, what is your process? I mean, do you think of something and then the song comes to you or is it the other way around? The song comes to you and then you think of the title. What, what's your process like? So here's the thing, um, and I appreciate you asking me about songwriting because mm -hmm. um, a lot of people don't ask me about songwriting. Mm -hmm. The thing is, is that I used to, and I still prefer this method, I used to come up with melodies in my head, and I used to, I'm lying to you, I used to write the lyrics first. I like poetry almost. Right. Or more like a diary, because I, I wrote like basically a letters to myself, but I knew they were, I was writing them with the purpose of writing them as a song. Right. But I wouldn't care, I, at first I'd just start writing things, and then I'd start to make the, the end, you know, words rhyme, but right. without any melody. Mm -hmm. Then after, then after um, I would write, I would think of a melody. And then I go to the producer and I say, hey, so I wrote these lyrics, I have this melody, can we make music to it? Right. So, you know, unfortunately, you know, a lot of producers, you know, if you have a lot of money and a lot of time, yeah, they'll create around that melody. But, you know, but a lot of producers have their own creations and their own things. Yes. So I used to do that. Now I've gotten into the process of just writing to, for the most part, writing to whatever the producer presents me with. Hey, I have these, you know, th this here, this there. Mm -hmm. And it was challenging, but now I've gotten into it. But it's kind of good because when you get it, when you get a challenge like that, it yes. challenges you to, to do stuff. Kind of mm -hmm. like, you know, if you got to work out, you know, like I want to lift weights. Oh, man, I can't. I don't want to lift this much. And then you keep pushing yourself. So, yes. you know, push myself. And I'm impressed. Mm -hmm. I, I oh, am good. impressed with what I've come up with. Good, good. Now, um, I'm going to do a nice little lovely segue because for those who do listen to my program, you know that I, I talk about spiritual, spirituality a lot. And you and I were talking a little bit behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. And you shared with me that you have prophetic dreams, and that mm -hmm. and they come true. So you want to share a little bit about that with us, because it's Absolutely. juicy to me. <laughs> Absolutely. So first of all, spirituality is very important to me. My relationship with God, my higher power, is extremely important. Mm -hmm. I have several conversations throughout the day with God, um, and every time I, you know, I pass by a church or something, I'm always like. Um, kissing the air and like thanking God for life, um, etc. And when I wake up, I pray during the day, I'm praying before I go to bed, I pray. So, spirituality to me is essential, and this is because everything is because mm -hmm. of for me, everything is because of God and or higher power. Right. So, that being said, but and people know that about me, I've said that so, so many times, but what I haven't discussed before is just because it never came up in an interview but then you and i were talking prior to this is yeah. what i've never discussed before is i'm psychic but it's an untapped i can't control it meaning that i'll have visions specifically dreams um verbatim and they will happen not all the time but for the most mm -hmm. for for a lot of a lot of the times the thing is that most of the time they don't happen to me right. i have dreams about other people mm -hmm. that things happen to once in a blue i'll have a dream about me and it happens but for the most part about other people that i have the dreams about 
Yeah. Okay. So, um, in doing so, do you, when was the first time you realized that you actually, like, wow, I, I'm kind of psychic. Do you remember that? Me, feeling? Oh, it's, oh, it's been years. Oh no, it's it since I was a kid. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. My um, but then I will have things too. Like things will come into my head. All right, for example, so when my parents separated, um, I was what was I like twelve or eleven or whatever, and I. I had a dream, and in the dream, I opened the door to to the to the house, and I saw the mail was on the steps, and in, and I'm like, oh, the mail shouldn't be on the steps. The mail should be on the slot on the floor. Mm-hmm. So I knew that somebody had come into the house, and then I went up the stairs in in the dream, and I opened the door, and I went into the living room, and the stereo was missing, and then there was a, a wooden statue missing, Uh-oh. and then. I went into the dining room, and I honestly forgot what the third item was, but it was something in the dining room that was missing. But it was three specific items. And the next day, I came home from – oh, and in the dream, I knew it was my dad. And I knew that it was him that took those three items. So the next day, I came home from school. I opened the door, and what do you think? The mail was on the step, and those three items were missing. And now somebody can say, oh, you know, probably because you know your dad – those were things that he loved. No, I had no idea the, about the wooden the wooden statue. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I had, as a matter of fact, that was a gift that he had gotten from my mom. So, like, you can't say, you know, the, okay, the stereo, fine, whatever. Right, right. But the wooden statue, no. Like, mm-hmm. that was something he gave my mom. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. why would he take it? Right. Get, get what I'm saying? Yeah, so definitely. You know, and then the mail on the steps and Mm -hmm. the exact items. And in my dream, it was when I came back from school. And no, no, uh, there was no conversation. When my mom came home, she's like, where are these things? And I told, you know, Mm -hmm. there was no prior conversation. I didn't maybe hear something that he was coming. Mm -hmm. You get what I'm saying? That's one example. Then another example is when I was in grammar school, um, seventh grade or eighth grade, I had a dream. And in the dream, the school was on fire. Mm. But nobody got hurt, but the school was on fire, but we were all outside of the school and it was on fire. And I woke up and we get ready for school. My mom came in and she said, You're, there's no school today. Um, one of the garbage cans in the school got set on fire, but so there's all smoke in the school. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's, that's so, pretty specific. Yeah. <laughs> those, exactly, exactly. So, yeah, those, those are – and, again, though, I wish I could control it to help people or whatever, but it, yes. it just comes and goes. Like, I can't, you know. Yeah. Then a few times there was one time that um, – I mean, there was more than one time, but, like, one time I was at somebody's house, and their son walked in and really briefly, and they left. And I said – I told the person, I said – did you get into a car accident recently because your son walked in and I just saw a bunch of bushes and I saw him walking away, but he's okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I was like, and I'm so sorry. I shouldn't even say anything right. because I was thinking if they didn't get into an accident. Right. And, she, and she said, yes, he did two weeks ago. And that's what happened. He crushed into bushes and he walked away fine because he was wow. there. So he was fine. Yeah, and wow. again, it just things just pop into my head. That's pretty cool, you know. I love when that when things like that happen and you get instant yeah. validation because normally, like I said, yeah, I- and then it works for me too um, with other things because there was one time I, I don't want to get too deep into it because I don't want to you know give, but there was one time where I was going to do a business transaction and the person was reputable, but in my head I got a thing and it said you know if you travel 
this person's going to suddenly cancel. You're not going to be able to do it. Don't waste your money. And it, would, it involves me going to another state to mm-hmm. do something with film. And the per, again, the person's reputable, makes films, mm-hmm. yada, 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 secured me for it. And something told me don't get the ticket because I was going to get the ticket they were reimbursing. Right. And um, they kept saying, did you get the ticket? And I even lied because I didn't want them to think I was being irresponsible. So I was like, yeah, I got the ticket, you know, whatever. And they're like, great. But I didn't get the ticket because I kept getting this, this feeling. Mm-hmm. Lo and behold, guess what happened? The oh. day before production, I was on my way to get the ticket because uh-huh. I'm like, I have to. And they called and production got canceled. Wow. Yeah. And that never happened to them before. Right, right. And that particular, produ- and that particular production that they were going to do, uh-huh. it, it didn't end up happening, period. Like, it didn't even happen wow. in the future. It got scrapped. That and part that's of, yeah, great, so. again, great validation on your part and that you were, what I tell a lot on pe- um, to people on the program is trust your instincts. We all have gifts. And if we just train ourselves to really trust our gut, you know, you could have just said, oh, stop it. This person's reputable. Um, just right, and they are reputable. It wasn't right, right. and exactly. it wasn't that they, yeah. Mm-hmm. And and you could have just said to yourself, you know, internal talk, and say, stop it, just get the ticket and stop playing games. You know what I mean? But you trusted yourself enough to say, mm, I'm gonna wait it out. Right. And it worked to your advantage. You know, and it, it didn't. It was crazy too because I'm, you know, I like to think of myself as very responsible. And here mm-hmm. it was the day before the freaking production, and I was finally gaming. And I was like, well, I need to get the ticket now, and and then right. I got the call. <laughs> So, yeah. <laughs> so that's wonderful that you're able to, like I said, you know, it's hard to um, know how to use those those gifts because, like you said, it comes and goes. You know, we don't come with instructions. Right. But always trust your gut, you know? Oh, yes. Trust it. And um, also, we're running out of time, so I want to make sure that people um, know where to reach you, know where to sure. get um, your music. And do you have anything that you're any gigs or any events that you want to share with us so that we can maybe perhaps see you in person? Yes, I'm very excited about. Um, well, I just got on uh, Veterans Day, just you know, mm-hmm. was last week, and I was honored to perform in Jersey City's official Veterans Day um, event. Mm-hmm. Congratulations! Sponsored by AT and T, Harsimus Cemetery, Mayor Stephen Fulop. So I got to do that. I was very honored about that. Um, I love this country. I love everything our servicemen and women do. And um, I don't care who you vote for. I don't care if you voted for Clinton. I don't care if you voted for Trump. I think we all need to respect each other. I've been seeing protests. There's nothing wrong with people wanting to protest. But I've seen people saying, oh, if you vote for Trump, unfriend me. Don't ever talk to me again. Mm -hmm. If you're fighting for what you believe is somebody that's, that you perceive is going to take away your rights, what are you doing then telling other people to not talk to you if they don't want to believe what you believe in? Mm-hmm. Isn't that exactly what you're fighting against? Exactly. Somebody that doesn't you. believe mm-hmm. right. So, mm-hmm. you know, that bothers me. That bothers me. Um, and I wish it would stop. So, yeah. But anyway, but uh, you know, and it, it it really bothers me when I see people burning the American flag. That's mm-hmm. horrible to me. I don't care if it's a a right, a First Amendment right, whatever. Mm-hmm. I just think it's downright disrespectful. Point being, I love my country. I love um, service service women and service men here, and I will respect and accept our president. And I will disagree, but I'm not going to 
be outlandish like that and, and tell mm-hmm. people whatever. So that was great, the Veterans Day thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I am excited because I'm doing Barclays Center in Brooklyn. Yay. I'm going to be singing the national anthem. Yep. Nice. At Barclays Center in Brooklyn on December 7th um, for the Charmill Davis Foundation, Colon Cancer Foundation. Mm. So I'm really excited about that. And, and, oh, yeah, there's a basketball game that happens, too. <laughs> it just happens to be that there's a basketball game. Yeah, they just happen to be. The Brooklyn Nets are going to be happen to be playing with the, the Denver Nuggets. Um, yeah, so I'm singing my song. But, oh, yeah, there's a basketball game. Yeah. So, <laughs> no, I'm really excited about that. And then also um, this this um, weekend mm-hmm. at um, in Manhattan, there is the launch of the screening of the television series Urban Animals, mm. which is about cars. No, it's about <laughs> animals, obviously. <laughs> so um, I'm performing at their screening party, and it's going to be at Rock Bar in um, in uh, Manhattan, Lower Manhattan. So Lower Manhattan, Lower East Side. Yeah. Okay. No, uh, the village, Greenwich village. village. Okay, great. It, okay. The place is called Rock Bar, so that's going to be this Sunday, the 20th. Mm-hmm. And then December 7th, Barclays Center, doing the National Anthem. And I may, uh, they may actually have me do, um, we're working it out to see if I can also do one of my tracks as well. Ooh, nice. So that'll be cool. And then, uh, like I said, the new album, which I we are trying to shoot for a February release. We'll see what happens. Oh, well, let me know. And then, you know, we'll have you come over and... You know, do a little something for us. <laughs> I'd be honored. Thank and you so much. My pleasure. And do you have an official website where people can check and see when you're going to be playing or whatever so that people can... Follow me on the gram. Not just kidding. I got... Well, yeah, yeah. Please follow me on Instagram and Facebook. But my official website is... Okay, I'm so original. Get ready. Okay. My official... My official website is www.lavariofficial.com. Again, I don't know your genius, your process. Like I said, work of genius. I know, it's it's okay. You're welcome that I'm on the show. You're welcome. (laughs) 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 LavariOfficial.com is my official website. And then obviously um, Facebook is Lavari, L-O-V. Actually, Facebook is Lavari Official. And um, MTV, I got my my videos on MTV Artists. Hey, I'm on my MTV. So yeah, if you go to MTV.com, Artists, type in Lavari, obviously Spotify, Lavari, iTunes, Lavari. On Instagram, I'm Lavari underscore, because I don't know, man. There's, there's a Lavari, the Lavari handle is taken, but whoever took it, they have zero followers and they're not following anybody and they have no posts. I'm like, did I accidentally take it on a different account and not you, know about it? Right, that happens sometimes. That's happened to me. Um, I think it did because <laughs> it, it says zero followers, zero posts, zero following. And this has been like for over a year now. So unfortunately, right now, my Instagram is Lavari underscore. Oh. Well, anyway, I am so grateful that we finally were able to actually Thank you. have you on the program. Um, keep being psychic. <laughs> And, Thank you and, so much. And um, again, a pleasure. Much love Thank to you. you. And um, until maybe what February, hopefully we'll be you'll be back and you can share your music with us. I'd be honored. All right, Lavari, I want to thank you. I want to thank you, the listener, for tuning in every Thursday, 7 p.m. here on 5talkradio.com. This is Jay Gray saying, may you try the loving ways. Bye-bye. Don't go to me, oh, 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 oh,